what do you recommend in terms of moving through, um, you know, the, all, all the different sort of rules that, that couples could have, you know, as you just mentioned, there's full swap, there's soft swap, there's some couples that do kissing only or, or, you know, all the different, all the different rules and that, can you talk, speak to that a little bit and, and what you've found is, you know, the best sort of situations or, you know, a, any thoughts you have on that stuff. So are you asking like how to discuss those things with your partner or how to find out what other people's rules are? Well, but go ahead and answer both. Cause I think both would be valuable for sure. Okay. Well, the, it's, it's, I'll answer it in reverse because it's much easier finding out what other people's rules are. You just ask, you know, yeah. you, you say, Hey, are you, you just ask. Yeah. Are you guys, uh, are you guys full swap? Are you soft swap? Are you, are you I into I this? That, the other thing. I had a buddy at his very first swingers event. This is totally cringeworthy and I don't recommend doing it. He was just walking around. This first question, a couple hard swap, full swap, <laughs> and they were looking at him like he's a fucking idiot. Cause it's definitely against the rules. Um, and certainly not what you want to be doing, but, um, <laughs> it's funny, funny really there. Wait, what, what was he doing? He was he literally was, walking I mean, around, walking around with his girl. This first, this, oh, he'd see a couple and he'd be like, Full swap and just point at them. <laughs> and they'd look at him like he was a fucking idiot and just walk by. Because <laughs> that's but, not how you do it at a swingers event. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, no. It's a, I mean, it's, it's definitely a question that you should ask, but probably not with the little "Hey, full swap." That's that. You know, not. It, it sounds smooth, with. but it's not. It's not. <laughs> that's what you lead with. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but once you're, I mean, once you're face-to-face with a couple, once you're in conversation with a couple, then asking, you know, so are you guys full swap is perfectly, is perfectly acceptable. Or the more general, so what are you guys into is, you know, everybody understands what, what that's about. Um, and, and one of the things I like about the scene is you can, you're totally okay to ask that kind of stuff up front. It's totally okay to share that kind of stuff up front. Like, you know, it will be in the conversation. And then at any point, uh, we can just be like, oh, yeah, well, we like to have cuddle puddles where the girls are sort of overlapping and the guys can, like, fuck them from behind and reach over and grab their boobs and stuff like that. You guys into that kind of stuff? You know, so, like, mm-hmm. with just right there on the o- out in the open. Um, and then if you do have any rules or boundaries, they can come up right there, too. So couples can be like, oh, well, we don't like to kiss other couples or we, or we're, we don't like to do this with other couples or, you know. And, and most people... Most people bring up uh, safe sex. Like if, we, if you're asked, hey, what are your rules? The, a lot of people's first response is condoms always. And, and then, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. But apparently it is not, as, it, even though it should be obvious, people still point it out, yeah, condoms, condoms, condoms. And uh, it's actually the safe sex is very, um, very much a part of the team. Um, so bringing it up with your partner. That's a much more difficult uh, uh, thing, figuring out your, your rules and boundaries together. I would say, as I said in my talk a lot, the slower you go, the faster you get there. And other educators have said that. Uh, I, I got it from Reed Mahalko. Um, he's, he's amazing. He's got a lot of videos on this sort of thing. Uh, what was my name? Your Reed Mahalko, R-E-I-D. And if, if you go to R-E-I-D about sex, read about sex, uh, you can see his uh, workshops and things. If you've ever heard of a couple party, he's the guy that started that. And that was kind of, that kind of, that concept sort of went viral 
a while ago, maybe like seven, seven or eight years ago. But he, he throws on these, these various types of events for all different types of play, everything from cuddle party all the way to, you know, uh, he, he told this one story about how he didn't know how, I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell other people's stories. He said this on a podcast, so it's public. But he like didn't know how to play with this dom because he wasn't really into pain. So they decided to wrestle one another because he had some martial arts training. Uh, and like, you know, naked wrestling at like a, a weekend long orgy escape party sort of thing workshop also so like the whole range there but um uh when you're talking to your partner about this kind of stuff you got to keep in mind that women tend to know what they don't want to have happen but not always what they do want to have happen uh maybe carly can can verify that for me um but uh you can so when i ask my partner to to imagine a hypothetical situation, she struggles with it. So if I, if I say, so tonight, what do you think? We'll go, uh, we'll go have a foursome. We'll go we'll do whatever. She'll be like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'll be like, well, what do you mean? You don't know. Like, in, are, are you not in the mood for this? Oh no, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm in the mood. I just don't know. There's too many factors for me to think about it. I'm like, okay, that doesn't give me anything to go on. What, what can I work with here? But what I realized is like, if you approach it from the other end, so like, okay, well, what, what don't you want to have happen tonight? What would you not want to see? What should we avoid? And you can talk about that, that sort of thing first before you realize what you're into. And that's also going to take some guessing and testing. Um, like uh, we, we have already been dropping some of these terms, but soft swap means, usually means everything from kissing through oral, although you can be a soft swap couple that only kisses or a soft swap couple that only touches so when someone says they're soft swap you want to ask a follow-up and be like oh so what does that mean for you guys full swap is penetration uh that's pretty so there's not very more there's not more than one definition of full swap but then there's also same room and separate room uh which are exactly what they sound like but you don't really know if you're into that until you experience it so i mean sort of the crux of the swing thing is the group sex aspect but sometimes couples are like, well, you know what? I actually don't like seeing, I don't mind what he does with other people, but I don't like seeing him do it. Or, you know, I don't like hearing her scream for somebody else. I'd rather not be there for that. Or they, or it's just a matter of like, we're comfortable enough with this that if you happen to be in a separate room, no big deal. Um, and then some couples are like, no, we, we want to be in the same room or at least, yeah, in the same, in the same room. Some couples are even like, we need to stay all on the same bed. And me and my partner, that's actually what our progression was, is we started out, we were, we would be hooking up with other people while holding each other's hand. So like we never let go of each other uh, for like the first, I don't know, year maybe. And then, um, then it was like, oh, separate couches. And then it was like across the room. And then, then there was a, at one party where a guy said, Hey, can I, can I be alone with your, with your partner? And I was like, yeah, let me see how this feels. It was a tiny, it was a small house party. So my one, my one rule was like, hey, you know, uh, just don't go in the, I'll, I'll stay down here. I'll stay downstairs so you guys can have your own little private thing, but don't go in the room with the door that locks. Like, I don't want you to be behind a locked door with somebody that I don't know. Um, and that was, and then we had that experience and we processed right after that and, you know, moved on from there. Uh, and so the, so I think this past new year's, we did like total separate rooms, but that was just a matter of like me and this other girl still had energy and my partner and everybody else didn't. So they were like, okay, you guys go do your thing and meet us up later. Gotcha. Um, 
but yeah, guessing is tested. So when you're with your partner, a lot of communication, asking the right questions. Uh, I'm sorry, not asking the right questions, but asking questions in the right way, which is, you know, trying to communicate to your partner that there isn't a wrong answer and that there's not going to be pressure for this situation. So if you can really come off as a judgment and pressure-free person, your partner is going to be much more responsive to the situation because they are going to have a ton of fears. They're going to have a ton of anxieties and fears around it. Some that they know are silly and some that they, that they don't know if it's valid or not. So yeah, talk, say, Hey, tonight we're not going to do X, Y, and Z. And I recommend for everybody, you should probably go into your first thing with the rule of just going to watch. Uh, unless you, unless you really know where you stand with your partner, if you and your partner have already had a bunch of threesomes or, or whatever else like that, then yeah, your mileage may vary. But if you're totally monogamous and totally new to this, I would suggest first to meet and greet, just meet the people, just see what's up, then something more intense, but with like, hey, we're not going to do this. Um, and, and, uh, and then you guess and test and you take it slow. Slower you go, the faster you get there. If you're the type of guy that's like, man, I can't wait to have uh, a situation where I've got three girls going down on me at the same time. Dude, that is totally freaking possible on the regular. But if you press your girlfriend towards that, it's never going to happen. So you have to just, just assume, have that abundance mentality. And that's what's great about the swing scene is it proves abundance right in front of your face, right? Like it's, yeah. all, it's all right there for you. Uh, so have that abundance mentality. Have that patience. It will come uh, and, uh, and you can take it from there. Yeah, that's really great advice. Um, and that's, that's definitely for Totally true. I remember one of the first few times I was in a, you know, at an orgy, you know, big, big party. I was like, I remember when, like, just getting a blowjob was tough. And, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it kind of like flips <laughs> reality on its head there. Um, so tell me more about any framework you know of that's beneficial to have some of these processing conversations afterwards. Yeah. Say you or your partner is, you know, feeling confronted or upset about something that might've happened. Um, is there any sort of like, sometimes like conversation formulas can be great for those sort of situations. Is there any advice you have on that? Well, I, yeah, there, I mean, there's definitely the, um, the using I statements. And I mean, this isn't going to be any groundbreaking advice here, but, but you want to say, Hey, when this thing happened, I felt, this way. Uh, and, and that is not putting blame on your partner as compared to when you did this, it made me feel this way. Right. So the second version of that is putting a lot of blame and, and can definitely make a person feel attacked. So it's like, Hey, when I saw you with that guy, I felt a little insecure and, uh, and you don't, you might not even know why. Right. Especially if you're coming, if, for guys in your program, your audience, you're probably being thinking to yourself, you know, I don't have a problem. I don't have a moral or judgment issue with my partner having other partners. I, I t- totally makes total sense to me. I want the same thing for myself. Then when you get in the situation and you feel a negative emotion, you're like, I know I shouldn't feel this. Why do I feel this? But you have to sort of admit it to yourself, admit it to your partner. And then once it's out in the open, that that's when like the real bonding and the discussion can, can start to happen. Um, so if you have it, if you have a feeling you want to express, 
uh, both positively or, ne- positively or negatively use, use those I statements, then, then do not get defensive, right? Like, the conversation has to happen really intellectually, uh, but also because the, 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 you want your emotional pattern to be loving, warm, supportive, accepting, right? If you're frustrated or angry or any of those sort of things or insecure or whatever, you want to sort of, you want to sort of look at those with the intellectual mind and be like, you know, I'm feeling this negative emotion. Maybe this is why, maybe I don't know it all. Maybe we need to, to try this another couple of times. Maybe we need to table it. Um, all of those are valid things, but the whole vibe of the conversation should be, there's no wrong answer. I love you no matter what's going to come out of your mouth. If you say that you don't ever want to do this again, that's, that's going to be a perfectly fine answer is the vibe that you want to convey. You don't have to say that stuff always out loud, but you want to convey that sort of vibe. So she's always feeling yourself as well. Your partner should be mirroring these sort of things. If she can't or he can't, then you know, there might be a disconnect there. But a warm embrace emotionally, and then with the negative emotions and intellectual sort of look framed with I statements. Um, and uh, a word on timing. Immediately after the situation is usually not the greatest time to talk about it. Um, the, like right after something happens, if it's positive, then, then you, yeah, you might be excited to talk about it because it just happened. Go, go with that. If it's negative, people might need some time to figure out why they're feeling the way they're feeling. Um, there's, a, there's a, feeling, a certain feeling of being exposed or being vulnerable when you're going through, when obviously, when you're, when you're having sex with, with anybody, but also in a group situation. It's really, it's really um, a feeling that you'll probably get over quickly because you'll realize nobody, nobody gives a shit. If, if you can't get it up or if you come too early or if she twerked all over the place or, you know, anything like that, nobody really cares. The benefit of there being multiple people there is that other people can pick up the slack and, and no one's going to give you credit. Even if you leave in the middle of a mid-stroke, you be mid-stroke, be like, I got to get out of here. And people aren't going to, they're not going to give you shit for it. So you get over that feeling, but it's, it's a hard to describe feeling when it first happens. And it might make you clam up and shut down and not want to talk about anything, at least for a little while. So if your partner is that way, you know, have that patience, give her that space or, or he. And, uh, and say, okay, look, you know, I think this is really important for us to talk about, but we'll come back to it. You know, right now, let's just cuddle. Let's just watch our favorite shows. Let's just, you know, whatever it is that your process is for making each other feel better, go through that whole process first. Then when things are calmer and you're more uh, and you're in that more intellectual space later on, like maybe the next day or two days later, then you can bring it up and say, hey, you know, and again, this is also where you can show a lot of you can become more attractive or, or in, in this moment by showing your empathy and your calibration. And you can say, Hey, when this happened, I saw that look on your face. I thought maybe you, maybe something was up. Let's talk about that. Or, Hey, I know how much this was affecting you. Uh, you know, can we talk about that now? Is now a good time? Um, and these aren't, you know, this isn't any groundbreaking stuff. Uh, but, uh, just, just having that sort of warm communication is going to go really far. No, I thought that, that all of that was super valuable really good stuff. Um, and it's, it's sometimes it's those, those little things make a huge difference, right? Cause that conversation could go really well and you can process all that stuff or it could go really poorly and <laughs> you end up in a situation you really didn't want to be in. Right. 
um, just just from the simple I to you statements or, you know, deciding to talk about it right then and there or, or pushing them to talk about it then and there versus tabling it for later. So, and, you know, I've, I've certainly seen or had my fair share of, of experiences in the lifestyle where, you know, something happens that you weren't expecting or just doesn't go the right way. And, and, you know, it's, it's really dealing with those situations that make the rest of it so much better. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. See, yeah. I mean, each time I think it makes you, it brings you closer. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's like every, you know, um, I want to, so I, I've got tons more questions, obviously, just because, you know, I'm, <laughs> I have my experience doing it, but I, I wanted to open up to the other guys, There's about 10 or 12 other guys in the call. And, um, some of these guys have, have had some experience in the lifestyle. Some haven't, but, um, guys, if you want to ask any questions, go ahead and, and throw them out there to Mike. Well, sometimes they can be a little shy. Um, for a guy who is looking to get more involved, where can he find out about different events and parties and things like that? Um, me, uh, <laughs> if, if, if what I, since the talk, I've done this a couple times where, where people basically said, Hey Mike, can you show me how to find events in my area? What website to use? How to tell the difference between events? How to how to pick the right event? Because the thing the thing, and I'm sure you you've uh, you can second this. The scenes can be very hit or miss. Uh, there are some amazing parties that should that that are fantastic, but there's also a lot of um, wow. very a lot of small, smaller niche events. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of events that you know. It might only be six couples that night, and hey, maybe they all know each other. But when you get there, you're going to be like, "Oh, great!" You know, six yeah, people that, that I don't know, awesome. and maybe that's you know. yeah. Um, uh, so I so so uh, just real quick, if anybody wants to do their, their do their own research, SwingLifestyle.com is probably is the most popular, uh, the largest and longest running one in the U.S. If you're out on the West Coast, you've also got uh, Cassidy. Um, K-A-S-I-D-I-E, I I think. Um, uh, If you're on the East Coast, another one is Quiver, quiver quiver.us. That's a new one. And worldwide is SDC.com. That's the one where, like, we actually, I was just talking to um, a representative from SDC at the last event. And, uh, yeah, it's it's like their thing is the international thing. Like, you can go on, you can tell people that you're traveling to Europe and basically bed hop around Europe uh, through, through SDC. Um, so those are the, those are some websites people can get get started. What was on. that last one? SBC uh, or F? F- yeah, SBC Swingers. No, I forget. I forget what the acronym. I just I only just learned it. Um, oh, Swingers Dating Central. Swingers Dating Central. SBC. Oh, SBC. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know what the demographics of your of your group are, but. There's, a, there's one more. Uh, there's one more on the on the west coast called lifestylelounge.com. Um, okay, that was the one that I originally joined back in the day. But yeah, um, Swingers Day Club. Uh, I traveled in Europe as well too, and um, I was with my uh, partner at the time and another couple that we used to swing with, and we met some other couples on Swingers Day Club in, in like Istanbul and, and Amsterdam and, and stuff. So that was pretty interesting too. The Europe scene, um, the Europe scene is amazing. It's, uh, you, you find a lot better looking couples just on the average, not that there's not in the U S but 
it's uh, just a higher percentage of them. It's just, I think, true in general in terms of Europe. People are in better shape, taking, you know, they eat less, you know, processed, horrible food and whatnot. So it'd be a fun place. I, I definitely saw that. Um, I saw that on the cruise. There was a so cruise. Dude, you have to go to a cruise. By the way, like halfway sold out, you should buy your ticket if you want to go to the lifestyle cruise. It's amazing. But that had 1,500 couples. So that's a lot of people. Right. And a lot of them were from Europe and they were like, you could tell based on age, uh, like attractiveness and age who was European. So like if, if, if she was like an older woman, but really, really sexy, she was probably European. Um, and you're right. They, they just, they eat differently. They, they dress differently. They take care of themselves in a different way. So yeah. And, and also they, there's a, I think that there's a, um, that the, the swing scene has been sort of, I'm not going to say it's mainstream or anything, but I feel like over in Europe, there, there's just more relaxation around sexuality to begin with. So you're going to find, um, you're going to find more young people, more attractive people in the scene because they don't have the same stigmas that American, you know, American society has. Totally. Uh, but, uh, totally. yeah, the, um, I can say if you're in the, um, if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, that's a pretty awesome scene. A lot of young people there. I didn't get to I didn't get to check it out in LA. Uh, and then Boston, Boston is um well Boston is Boston proper has no scene. Uh, it's actually in Providence and New Hampshire of all places. But um, uh, in the New England area, there I would say the the average age is probably late thirties. It's like the, the the peak of the bell curve starts at like probably 40, maybe goes 40 to 55. The 40s to 50s are like the most popular decade uh, age range for, for where we are in New England. But I've only been in the scene two years and I've already seen it start to start to scale down. I've already, just at this one party, so it's a, it's a, it's a St. Patrick's Day theme party. Compa- this year compared to last year, it was probably 30% larger and most of those new additions were people that were, were, um, younger than 38, younger than 35. Uh, and, and that's that, that younger part of the scene is definitely growing in my area already exists in the tri-state area. And what, what would you say? Was there, was there a decent number of young people out in the uh, LA area? Yeah. For, you know, it, when I first joined, I was surprised that, that there were as many young people as there were. Um, you know, the first time I went to a party, it, it was at a, a mansion, um, in the Hollywood Hills. And, you know, it was, it was a party where everyone went in masks, like the, the masquerade, like you would see on, um, on, uh, what was that movie with, uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman? Um, oh, eyes wide shut. Yeah. Eyes, eyes wide shut. Right. And, um, and, you know, I had a lot of fun with my partner at the time. It was, you know, we didn't hook up with anyone per se that night, but, you know, it was a good transition into it. And then the more parties we went to, we kept noticing that there were more and more younger people. Um, and eventually we made friends with different people in the lifestyle and we had our own group of friends and we'd throw our own parties. And then it's just kind of like anything, right? Like at first, if, if it's just you and your girl and you're, you're going out to this random sort of event, you don't know anyone, you're going to meet people. They're going to invite you to other stuff if you're cool. And and very soon you'll have your, you know, this whole crazy social circle of just really awesome open people. Um, so that was yeah. my experience in it. And um, eventually, you know, we stopped going to any sort of public thing altogether, except for like the huge Vegas takeovers. 
um, which can be a lot of fun because there's just so many people there. Or the cruise, like you mentioned, um, which I haven't been on, but I, I feel like that'd be a, a really good time too. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it, I definitely noticed more and more young people coming into the scene. Um, and the stigma is that it's just a bunch of old fat people, which just totally isn't true. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the, the other thing is, like I said, demographics, bell curve on the cruise, uh, there were 170 couples that had at least one member under the age of 35. We ran the under 35 um, <clears throat> meet and greet on the cruise. And we met maybe less than less than 20 couples uh, uh, that were, you know, they were in their 30s. That's just who showed up. So I'm saying of 170 potential couples on the cruise, 20 showed up for this meet and greet. We played with five of them. And I don't even remember running into anybody else. So there was enough people there that, I, you know, I didn't, we were not, we were, we were basically surrounded by choices on the cruise is yeah. what it felt like. And then whenever I go to a hotel takeover, if you're going to a hotel takeover that has probably, I would set the, I would set the low bar at maybe, um, well, I'll put it this way. I have not gone to a hotel takeover where I did not, where I didn't play with a couple that was attractive and at least in, and like in their thirties. Right. So either thirties or younger, always attractive. Uh, every, every time I went to hotel takeover, but the hotel takeovers that have like 60, 80, 130 couples, you are definitely going to have plenty of opportunities. There are going to be plenty of people there. Now, if you're going to a hotel takeover or an event that's like 30 couples or less, then you might, there might be, it might be a little bit harder, but I mean, we've yeah. had luck in those situations as well. And what's great about the website is they let you see who signed up for the event. So you can get a quick read on, okay, is this party one that scales up or scales as well? And the point you just, the thing you just said, where you said eventually you stopped going to parties except for the big ones. Cause you started doing your, that was because you started doing your, having your own parties. We'd have our own and other, other friends would have theirs and we get invited. You know, there was, it was like two or three happening almost every week. <laughs> it got to be, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There were so many and, options. And, and, you, why would you ever go to a normal one that you had to pay for? We can go to a private one that's just way better. Right. And the private one is like curated of all the people. Like, like there's a, there's a group in new England that is basically only like only young people. And you have to meet a member of the group and then be cool enough for them to mention the group. And then you have to like the group isn't even on the website. So you, it's like an invite only thing. And that's where basically all of the young swingers in new England go hang out. Uh, so, so, so I would say don't get discouraged. Like if you're, if you're in a part of, of the country where, you know, there aren't these giant parties and things like that, I guarantee you there are still swingers around you. You're just going to have to work harder to find them. So, exactly. but, uh, but yeah. they'll find you if you're a young, good looking couple with good energy, they will find you. I promise you. And, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're always yeah, that's true. yeah. Yeah. Uh, another quick, uh, quick tip is, um, uh, uh, $30 at I party makes you the, the, the bell of the ball. Well, you, you stand out like, a, like seriously, we just, like I said, this was a shamrock event. We spent 50 bucks between the two of us at iParty and just compliments and people falling over us like 
the whole freaking weekend. It's like, dude, this was like a, a $5 hat that I'm wearing. doesn't matter because remember, most of the people there are older and they have kids and they have jobs and it's all they can do just to show up to the event, let alone go above and beyond with a costume or anything like that. So if you just make like the smallest effort, you're going to stand out. If you make like an actual effort, like, like a, an effort you consider like a for real effort, you're probably going to end up being the best dressed uh, or at least most interesting looking person there. So I like that. I like to be, I like things that reward me for very little effort. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what the, the group of guys around the sun is all about. Leverage. Using a little Leverage. to get a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yep. let me ask you again, because sometimes they can be a little shy. Anyone else have any questions for Mike? Go ahead and fire them off. You guys do. Usually when it's just me, I'll just call on them and force them to ask, but whatever. We don't have to, I got more questions. So I'll, I have a, I have one more and then I'll let you go. Um, any like crazy, hilarious, funny stories, um, embarrassing stories or anything. I've everyone on the front. Uh, on the call has heard my birthday blowjob story, um, which I'll tell you over a drink at some point. Maybe I even told you in Acapulco. Uh, but anything funny, outrageous, weird happened that uh, you want to share? Sure. I'm trying to think of something. I mean, outrageous, weird shit happens all the time, or funny shit happens all the time. And so I told a really, I told a, uh, an interesting story on the podcast with Sasha that I referenced earlier in this call. Um, but I already gave away the punchline on that. So, uh, oh, <laughs> this is a good one. So, um, uh, we're, I'm going to get into ropes, right? I'm going to get into shibari. Uh, and the reason is because I did origami as a kid, and I just really like Japanese art. No, 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 not really. It's because it turned my girlfriend on a lot. And uh, the way we discovered this is, <laughs> the way we discovered this was we were at a, um, a house party. And uh, this, this, they had a, a, a sex swing in the middle of the room um, that could be taken down with li- leaving the hooks hanging in the middle of the room. And this woman was a rope expert. And she basically grabbed my, grabbed my girlfriend and was like, hey, can I tie you up? And she, my girlfriend was like, sure, because she's open-minded. She'll try anything a couple times. So this woman takes like 20 minutes or however long to string her up. She's got harnesses on her hips, on her, on her, on her tits. They're all like being squeezed and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm freaking out because I'm like, are you okay? Is everything okay? How does it feel? Are you pinching? Is it, is it, you know, are you bruising? She's like, no, this feels amazing. I feel weightless. I, I feel fantastic. You, she right there. She's like, you have to learn this. I was like, oh, okay. All right. But <laughs> the woman eventually suspends her hoists her up. So now, now my girlfriend is basically hogtied, floating above the ground. She's like, I feel weightless. This is amazing. And the woman, uh, knowing she's very expert at what she did. Now she, she knew that during the whole tying process, my partner's like getting more and more excited and turned on by this whole thing. Also, she's a bit of an exhibitionist. We're in the middle of a room where there's a lot of people that are sort of crowding around, making a circle around us watching. The woman strings her up and, and she's like, how do you feel? How's that? And my, my girlfriend's like, oh, it's amazing. This is great. So the woman's like, okay. And then I don't even know where she got this thing, but she materialized a, a, uh, a cordless Hitachi magic wand out of thin air <laughs> and basically touches it 
to my girlfriend's pussy, just like, just touches it for a second and then gives her a spin. And my girlfriend ends up squirting like a thicket all over <laughs> everybody that's watching. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and she's like, I'm sorry, sorry. But she's not sorry, not sorry. Uh, and uh, and really that you know that that generated um, the, the thing is when when at first that wasn't the first time that happened the first time it happened she was all embarrassed uh, uh, but this time she had done it a couple times and realized that it is uh, it is uh, not anything to be embarrassed about and the crowd seconded that that notion by applauding so uh, Wait, so, so she squirted from the, she squirted from the magic wand yeah. So the woman, she, while suspended, so she's in the middle of a room in a circle of people suspended above the ground. The woman gets her off with the Hitachi, and while she's coming, she spins her. She gives her a spin. So she's like a, she's like a, um, if you imagine watering your lawn with a, with a spin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <what's going on? laughs> I was just thinking about that. She's a, a, a sprinkler hose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A sprinkler squirt around the room. <laughs> but uh yeah that, that was that was pretty cool and i mean we had never done anything with the ropes or anything before and and we were even at a um we were even surrounded by some strangers but we just felt so safe and comfortable in the scene because that's just the nature of the scene consent is hugely important um you know permission consent safe sex uh, and then also reputation. There, there's the other thing of like, you can't just go to a swing party and go beast mode and blow out the room because people will freaking remember you. And then no one will talk to you at the next party. And they, they might even start saying, don't, don't talk to that guy. He's kind of a jerk, uh, or rude or, or he doesn't know what he's doing here or whatever. So you're rewarded for, for being a nice person, being a friendly person. And, uh, and then everybody feels safe and has a great time. Totally. Totally. So, dude, thanks so much for coming on and sharing all this awesome advice. Where can the guys who listen to the call go to find out more, find you, ask questions, etc.? So, I am uh, attempting to launch my website. I'm calling it the $20 Date Coach, and that's because the gimmick is uh, I'll do a half-hour Skype call with you about anything. It could be swing stuff. It can be dating and relationships for only 20 bucks. Uh, you get one of those a week, and then if you want more, it's going to be more than 20. But um, $20datecoach.com, you can email me at info at the $20datecoach.com. And if you are, um, uh, you probably don't have anybody that needs boot camps or anything like that, but I do boot camps through Sasha. So you can also find me at sashapua.com. I'm Coach, uh, Coach Micah on that site. Actually, I am Mike Diretto, T-I-R-E-T-T-O, because that means direct in Italian. And uh, I've got a Facebook profile for that, too. Um, so those are the three ways you guys can find me. Awesome. Well, dude, thanks so much. And uh, looking forward to next time I get to hang out with you. Let me know when you're out in L.A. or or New York or whatnot. And we'll keep in touch. Yeah. And next time you're in, in New York or Boston, let me know. I think uh, I think I, we talked about when you guys would be there next. So hopefully I'll get to see you uh, see you in a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Late, late May, early June-ish. So. Cool. Thanks so much, Mike. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. And yeah. thank you everyone else for being on the call. Thanks guys. Thanks for the opportunity, man. I really appreciate it. There you got it. Later guys.